Through the gift of talking aloud, we are able to uncover what needs to be uncovered and understand what needs to be understood. A moment of silence. Hello, hello. Welcome to or welcome back to the Purposely Venting Podcast. My name is Tony, and it is on this podcast that we believe that there is nothing I can tell you verbatim to better run your life than you. All it takes is for you to go inside, maybe hear something that I say that'll spark some sort of curiosity within you. Maybe I can complete the puzzle that you've been working on. I know that happens for me a lot. Like I'm talking to someone and they'll say something, and then it'll be sort of a completion of what I've been trying to uncover in myself. Like I'll be battling with something, and that happened to me tonight. Thank you. God for great people with great insight. But yes, that is the purpose of my podcast. Just to be that spark of light to help you to get you thinking, to get the juices turning so that we can get ourselves out of these toxic programs and habits that are not helping us to live our best lives. So we're going to leave those in the past and we're going to keep moving forward. How is the week for you? How is everyone doing? I am doing fantastic. I want to thank you so much for joining me for yet another episode. And we are continuing on the topic of codependency and how that, you know, is in dating or whatever. I find that this is a very comfortable area for me right now because I am a recovering codependent and I am actively dating. And I feel like these talks that we were supposed to have with our parents, we never really had. So it's always good to get onto a podcast to listen to somebody else's experience and then draw off of that and take little bits and pieces and then rock with that. So without further ado, we're going to hop right into the podcast. All right. So codependency and dating. I think this is like the third episode on that, but I really wanted to come on because I, I got some new insight and I really want to share. It's like every time I learn something new or every time I get some new insight, I always be like, I want to give it to my podcast. I want to share this information because I feel like nobody really knows. So anywho, I'm reading this book and the book is called what to say to you, what to say when you're talking to yourself. And it's a book that's driven on getting us to change our mental, um, out loud, written down, talking to another person, talk like any talk that we have that's surrounding us is bent on getting us to change that. And it gives us practical ways. And it also gives us realistic feats, not these like, um, magical experiences as woo, -woo, you know what I mean? Like, um, that's hard to do. That's ritualistic. It's like practical everyday things that you can do everyday uses that you can use, um, in order to change up that, self-talk that you're having all day long. And a lot of us engage in the practice of self-talk, um, but a lot of us don't. So I'm reading this book. I don't even know where I was going with this, but I'm reading this book <laughs> and it's helping me to change my concept on things. But in the, oh yeah. So in the process of me changing my concept on things, it's also pointing me back to where the original thought came from or the original program came from. And I didn't really expect for it to do this, but it is doing this. So I'm reminded of my experience in childhood of having a father who was a cheater and all the other stuff. He's not anymore. And I, I don't, I don't tell this information to like, um, bring my father down. I love my dad. He's the best man. He's a born again, Christian. He's rocking and he's doing his thing, but I'm telling this in a context of helping you to better understand my process in order to be more relatable to you. Um, but yes, yeah, so he was Jeter. And a lot of the times he took us, he took me around his women, even though he had a wife, you know, 
he would take me around these experiences and me as a nine, eight, 10, 11, 12 year old girl would take these experiences. And, you know, most times parents don't think that we're knowledgeable of what's going on, but we are fully knowledgeable. Like, okay, this is what's going on and what is happening. And a lot of the times with those situations, we will typically use those to program or those will be our programs. So I wouldn't say that we would use those to program our mind. Those will be the programs that will be instilled in our minds to set us off into the world. Because what are our parents? They are the examples in which we we look to to see how the world around us will operate, how we're supposed to work in the world, how men are, how women are. They are the examples. And fathers are the ace boom cone when it comes to examples on how a woman will perceive a male and how a woman sees a man, her man, dating men, all the other stuff later on in her adult life. I am the example of that. I, from that young age, believed that all men were like my dad. So whenever they were the out, whenever they were out of sight from their wife, they were up to no good. So anytime I were here from like what my dad was doing, he was either at work or he was around playing and cheating on somebody. And that's been my experience or that's what, that's the programs that I've been drawing on for my entire adult life. Like if you out of my sight, you cheating, you entertaining somebody else. Are you, what you mean? You working on your purpose? Nah, you ain't working on a purpose. Come on over here. Like it's hard for me to like dissect the two, um, um, from a man being on his purpose and just not being available versus a man who's out there playing around and chasing every skirt in town. And this is because, you know, father, my daddy did not give that example quite well. <laughs> so in my dating experience, I've, I've noticed that in the, and you know, as we're overcoming our codependency, a lot of the times I will, I would draw on this experience. So like, if I'm actively talking to a guy and then blank, nothing, he, like he's not reaching out, I'm not reaching out because I'm not reaching out because he didn't reach out and I was the last one to text and all this stuff, I assume like, okay, well, there must be someone else. Like he he doesn't want me and then I'll go into this spiral, you know, like what did I do wrong? Like how can I be better? Like I, what did I do? Like, oh, it's because of this. And I'll start ripping myself apart. Like, oh, I'm too tall or I must be too masculine. Like, what am I doing that's wrong? Like, why am I not attracting these guys? And I'll get so far as to like push them away. You know what I mean? And then they'll like, even though when they'll normally come back a day or two or whatever, take time to themselves or not talk to me or whatever, I don't know what they're doing. Um, I will be kind of cold and like cut offish because I'm like, okay, well you didn't text me. So that's that, you know, and that right there in itself is a, alone. It's like a big turnoff. I think for most people, like, how are you going to get mad at me? Cause I'm over here living life and you expect for me to just be all up in your phone every three seconds, you know, but it wasn't the fact that I was, it wasn't the fact that I was expecting these people to call me and us for us to constantly talk. It's kind of like a means of like, um, don't do to me what my dad is doing. And the only way or what my dad did to, you know, my mom and his wife, um, and the only way for me to kind of monitor the, you know, my dad not doing that, um, oh, I keep saying my dad. Oh my God. <laughs> the only uh, way for me to monitor a man not doing wrong is for him to be all up on me, which is not healthy because it bothers me. And it also bothers them and it doesn't give room and space for you to actually miss the person, which builds an even deeper connection as opposed to being all up in the person's face or whatever. So I noticed this, I, I've noticed this and I had some, I had, I had a really troubling day. Like, um, I've been had like two days, the last two days have been kind of troubling because I'm like, what is happening? Like, why can't I seem to connect with anybody? Why is, why isn't anybody consistently calling and texting and wanting to hang out, you know? And 
I realized that that is that is another form of codependency that I've been kind of leaning on to kind of get me through in the whole dating thing. Cause it's like, you know, instead of you, instead of me looking in inward and, you know, finding that own source of happiness, I'm out here monitoring how much a guy is talking to me and how much he is around and how good I feel around him, which is, you know, signs of codependency. I mean, let's just be real. And it doesn't do my brain, my spirit, my emotions any good because I'm so worried about like the wrong things. Like who cares what he's doing? Hey, my man. Hey, my man. At least not yet. That is not my man. So I, I had to share this because I'm like, how many of us are sitting around sad thinking that this man is not into us because of the programmings that we received when we were younger from our fathers? You know, like even I would even go on the record to say some of us are afraid to not talk to our partners, our potential partner for a extended period of time because we feel like he might leave. Like our dad wasn't there. Our dad left. So he might leave, you know, um, and I will just caution us as overcoming. Uh, I'm sorry, as recovering codependence, that this is no fault of the guy that you're with. This is all your experience or the experience that you are choosing to draw off of based off of your present moment from your past experiences or your past programming that your parents gave you. And it's going to be the same thing when it comes to like women too. like, I'm sorry, with women in their mothers are men with their mothers. Like if your mother wasn't around and she wasn't very nurturing, you can also draw off those experiences too. But I will, t- it will typically be the case where you will find a situation out in the wild that will continuously prove yourself to be right. You will continuously prove yourself to be right. So if you're in a situation and you are being active, you active codependently, you know, on them or whatever, you will continuously draw on that situation to prove yourself right. In my case, it will be um, continuously thinking that a man is up to no good or drawing on the experience that a man is up to no good. So I will attract these partners who are up to no good, who's out there chasing skirts or whatever and exploring their options, even though they over here in my earpiece talking about this, that, and the third. Um, but it doesn't mean that that is the case every time flatlining it. No, it's not the case. It's only the case because you are right. You are the center of the universe of your universe. You are right. So anytime you have self-talk or any type of belief system or programs running, running in your mind and you're not cognizant of the program that's actually running, um, you will typically continuously draw on them same experiences over and over and over again until you become aware of the program and shine some truth on the matter. And then, and only then can you start to draw on different experiences. Now, the whole dating thing, I want to let you know as a recovering codependent, cause girl, cause my boy, I got you. It is absolutely okay for someone not to reach out to you for an extended period of time. And that could be a day or two. I don't know. Um, if this is like, um, chronic where this person is treating you like this, but then they telling you something else, like, you know, I really like you and, and then they don't reach out to you. They go, they ghost you for a while. Then that's different. But if you're actively talking to this person and there's some space in between, maybe like a day or a few hours, even it's absolutely okay. It's absolutely okay. I would even say a day or two. Well, I don't know about two. Well, two days is you say, yes, two days is fine because sometimes people go through things. You don't know what people are going through. And sometimes in the dating stages, in the early dating stages, this man or this woman will not be so comfortable enough to tell you what's going on. Maybe they want to hold that information to themselves. Who knows? 
And it's like, just because you find yourself in like this capacity to want to sit around and talk all day long, it doesn't mean that the other person finds themselves in that capacity too. Sometimes the phone is very overwhelming. I will admit, sometimes I'll be turning my phone off, girl. My, my, my bro, bro, I'll be turning my phone off. You hear me? Because I be so like, ugh, get this phone away from me. But because I give myself that experience, it's only in great light that I give another person that experience as well. But everybody's going through something. You can't just assume that these people won't have a life. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay. It's okay in the dating stage to not have constant contact with somebody because it's not healthy. You have to go live your life and do what you got to do and continuously work on overcoming your codependency issues and work on your self-concept and how you view yourself and how you view the world. Like there's no time to be sitting around all day long on the phone or all day long texting this person back and forth. So let's just normalize that. Let's normalize that and let's get to the root of why we feel like we need to do it in the first place. But that is all for this episode. I want to thank you so much for listening. And I want to thank you so much for you coming back next week (laughs) to hear what I have to say on these relevant topics that we find ourselves immersed in each week. But yes, again, my name is Tony. I'm the host of this Purposely Venting podcast. And we will talk in the next one. Au revoir.